Day 7. This time last week, I was in the OR. I'm not sure why they call it a room in North America and a theatre in the UK. Maybe British surgeons have a greater flair for the dramatic. Today, I'm thankful for making it through this first week. I am nowhere near the last week, but I can't get there any faster than one week at a time. We have a painting in our living room of a sunrise, which is made up of many little dots. I appreciate all the little dots of colour in the last week. These include the support of family, the encouragement of friends and the kindness of strangers. I am thankful for glimpses of how these things come together in the grace of the master painter, who always paints a bigger picture. There are two framed photographs on our living room wall. I took them both on a family road trip to the South Island of New Zealand. One is the Church of the Good Shepherd at Lake Tekapo. It is a small church set against the stormy and foreboding sky. The solid stone structure is a shelter from the storm. Where do we find shelter, security and safety when we are facing storms? Where do we find sanctuary when we are pursued by our enemies? The answer in this psalm is that refuge is not found in a place but in a person. Lord my God, I take refuge in you. Save and deliver me from all who pursue me, or they will tear me apart like a lion and rip me to pieces with no one to rescue me. Lord my God, if I have done this and there is guilt on my hands, if I have repaid my ally with evil or without cause have robbed my foe, then let my enemy pursue and overtake me. Let him trample my life to the ground and make me sleep in the dust. Arise, Lord, in your anger rise up against the rage of my enemies. Awake, my God, decree justice. Let the assembled peoples gather around you while you sit enthroned over them on high. Let the Lord judge the peoples. Vindicate me, Lord according to my righteousness, according to my integrity. O Most High, bring an end to the violence of the wicked and make the righteous secure. You, the righteous God, who probes minds and hearts. My shield is God Most High, who saves the upright in heart, who is a righteous judge, a God who displays his wrath every day. David speaks to God and declares that he takes refuge in him. He is on the run. He is outnumbered and in fear of death and destruction. There is no escape route, no one to rescue him. So he asks the Lord to save and deliver him. This is his last hope. He has no human resources at his command, which will substantially alter his situation. But because God is God, it is not so much that God is his last hope, it is that God is his only hope. Only God can do for him which he cannot do for himself. We can spend a lot of emotional, mental and physical energy trying frantically to make things better, running from what would overwhelm us or trying to defeat that which is stronger than us. Much is beyond us. 
but nothing is beyond the Lord. But this bold prayer takes David to a place of introspection. Maybe he's got it coming. Maybe he deserves this. So he lays his integrity on the line. He is certainly facing accusations and his pursuers feel justified in their position. So David asks God to judge. If there is guilt on his hands, if he has repaid an ally with evil or robbed an enemy for no reason, then let them trample him and overtake him. Let them end his life and do away with him. I find the confidence in this to be unfamiliar territory for me. I usually accept at least some blame in any situation and apportion some responsibility of whatever circumstances I am in to my own stupidity or inadequacy. David asks that God will judge, as he always has and always will with justice, that David will be vindicated through his righteousness and integrity, and that there will be an end to violence and a seeking after God. This is where thoughts of the assembly of God's people under God look forward to a better future, not just for David, but for the people. It is the righteousness of God which prevails. The righteous God probes hearts and minds, putting motives, actions and thoughts under his gaze. Nothing is hidden from God. As the message translates the final verse of the psalm. See that man shoveling day after day, digging then concealing his man trap down that lonely stretch of road. Go back and look again. You'll see him in it, head first, legs waving in the breeze. That's what happens. Mischief backfires. Violence boomerangs. I'm thanking God who makes things right. I'm singing the theme of heaven high God. The psalm ends with confidence that God who protects and saves the upright in heart will be David's shield. This is a man who won his signature victory without the armour of the king, recognising that God is able to shield and save. God is righteous and is not oblivious to evil. There is salvation for the upright, but there is judgment, past, present and future. This is not an easy idea, but in truth we prefer the idea that God will judge the wicked and that evil will be punished. We're just a bit concerned about where that might leave us. The psalm reminds us that where it leaves us is an option of salvation and deliverance and a refuge, not in a church by a lake, but safe in the arms of the Good Shepherd.